be a bit wise. The only podcast where we arm wrestle to see who has to do the intro. And I <laughs> I lost again. This is Alondo. This is Cynthia. This is Stephanie. And this is episode four because the people want more. That's right. I came with a corny rhyme. Always corny. Because I just, I have to do that, you know, because it is be a bit wise. What's going on, team? How y'all doing? Everybody, everybody I am doing well. You're doing, doing well? Yes. So well. All right. Good deal. Because I am doing terribly at these intros. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're going to get into our first segment, which is what had happened was with my man Cut Calhoun singing the theme song. See what had happened was. See what had happened was. Everybody talking about what they do when they go lie about what they say. Everybody talking about what they do all right, so I, you know, I do my typical thing. I go out and look for uh, interesting news um, that sounds like it's weird news, but it's true news. And uh, this uh, past week, uh, a notice came out from a company, and they said you should stop using Internet Explorer. Now, of course, Internet Explorer is used everywhere. Yeah. What, I mean, what browser do you guys use? Do you use Internet Explorer? Oh, that's a great question. I use Safari on my phone, you and Safari. I use Google. Oh, okay. So is, Chrome. Is it Google? Yeah, yes. Chrome. Uh-huh. Chrome. I use Chrome, use Chrome and I use Google. But at work, we use Internet Explorer, Internet Explorer. 11. Right. But we were thinking about Edge. Right, right, right. So. And we use Internet Explorer. And in fact, um, a lot of the development that I do for our internal applications all use Internet Explorer. Um, so this company came out and said, you should really stop using Internet Explorer. And that company is Microsoft. That's right. Microsoft came out and said, stop using our product. Why? It's got something big coming up. So um, now anybody who's a IT developer who ever programs anything for Microsoft Internet Explorer knows that they do not keep up with the standards for web browsers. And so there's a tendency that when I program something, it will work in everything except for Internet Explorer. Well, Microsoft is basically like, really, we don't want you guys using Internet Explorer. And very soon, Microsoft will start using Chrome mm-hmm. as that, that whole Chromium, uh, I, I'm going to call it framework, as the new basis for their new browser they're going to be putting out. So it will be more like Chrome than ever before. Mm. So, yeah, okay. but Microsoft came out in a blog post, the senior cybersecurity architect said that um, it's actually putting pe- putting technology companies in a ton of technical debt. Those that's phrase he used mm-hmm. um and he says by continuing to use ie organizations are creating additional costs down the line by selecting the easiest most convenient solution now rather than the approach that is best for long term so they're basically saying it's going to cost you money to continue use internet explorer now they keep telling us don't use ie6 don't use ie7 i think the latest one is 10 they're like don't use ie10 they keep telling us not to use it and now they're basically saying don't use any of them is, so, it new, is it 10 or 11? Uh, yeah, 11 is the latest one, I believe. Okay. Yeah, 11 yeah. is the latest one. So, um, yeah, but they're saying do not use Internet Explorer. And that's from Microsoft, the people that developed wow. it. So, um, do they get points for honesty? Honesty I, from a corporation I, I, like that? You, you know, I, 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 I would give them half a point. Half hmm. a okay. Half point. Yes, half point. Uh, and that's on a sliding scale, too. It's not even like a real half point. It's like a half point on a thursday i'm giving them a, a point oh okay one point from me stephanie did say they get a point and she came out from underneath the hood and said that so 
I will go ahead and accept that at that point for Microsoft. I'm thinking they must have spent more man hours perfecting Chrome or something of that nature. Maybe. Um, they might be on that group. Uh, that's an open source consortium, I believe, that uh, helps develop that. So uh, who knows? But yeah, it's, it's crazy when somebody comes out. If Toyota came out and said, hey, Toyota drivers out there, don't buy the Camry. I'd be like, oh, that's kind of weird to come out and say, don't use our product. Absolutely. So Microsoft coming out saying that was tantamount to that to me and i was like that's interesting so interesting business model yeah sure. yeah we'll find yeah. out sooner or later it's a bold move cotton i'm sorry i like quoting that movie dodgeball um <laughs> so <I> just... <laughs> dodge a wrench <laughs> dodge a ball. thank you by the way i should put that on the background like right now like literally that movie sitting right there one of my favorites of all the time though but it's a bold move i like it um and like like i said stephanie gave it a point We'll see who who else earns a Stephanie point some point down the line. Um, but right now, Microsoft won, everyone else zero. Um, <laughs> yep. So, but that's this week. So what it happened was. Look at you now, addicted to the green, the color of the matrix. But money has no power like the people who make it get the connection. No, cause your signal is low. You got a virus. Reboot ain't working no more. You can't delete an alter, cause you got no control. Once you enter, there's no return or escape, you know. You know how many blackheads in the feds with the system that crashed. So many done tried, died, fried on that infectious path. I ain't talking about your gangster when I say that you're lost. They got you programmed. Mr. Microsoft program. 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 On to our next segment. Um, you know, the favorite segment of everyone here at this table, Do You Even Geek? Um, it's time for us to challenge uh, each other on uh, what we know about technology and geekery. Now, I've, of course, brought the pinnacles of geekery and technology to the table uh, with uh, the team of Stephanie and Cynthia. So, ha, ha, ha. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey. This is the woman who went four for four on the last yes, quiz. She's, she's trying. Champ. She's trying to act like, you know, I don't know how this technology works. I didn't say I didn't know how it works. I just have an aversion to it. <laughs> As an aversion I'm to it. I'm more like a naturalist. I, I like, like to hang it. out at Whole Foods and do yoga. That's right. I mean, because <laughs> the hood she wears right now is all natural fibers. I didn't know if you knew that. So, yeah, she's, it's half hemp. And the other <laughs> half is actually gold. We upgraded it last episode. 100% so. recyclable. Yeah, yeah. She looks like a WWE wrestler every time she comes in here, too, like ready to attack us with the hood. And she has like a really gravelly voice, you know. That kind of thing. Giant biceps. Well, that's the reason why I keep losing the arm wrestling challenge at the beginning of these episodes. I no, mean, that's she, all Cynthia. You know, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, and, and I had to arm wrestle them at the same time, though. I don't think that's fair. <laughs> I don't know why that that was the rule. All right. So, question one: uh, What is the name of the second book in the Lord of the Rings trilogy? And it is the same name as the second movie. The Twin if Towers. That's, helps that would be a documentary about 9 11 no isn't that what it's called the, oh, the twin towers is are you sure though it, the, they are called I the think twin so. towers and lord of the rings all i remember is spiegel <laughs> <laughs> hold on hold so, on give me a moment sir okay because spiegel is actually a uh, brand that does like high-end jewelry and stuff i think you think about smeagol oh smeagol okay, so, <laughs> so it's the fellowship of the rings fellowship of the ring 
There the is Return some, of the King. Return and the, of the King. The middle movie, it is called Tower. Something with the I, word towers in it. Right. Because I've seen all three of them. I can't name them. Oh. But I've seen them. Oh. I like to watch them in succession sometimes I like you, on Sundays. Mm-hmm. I think you guys keep it. talking it out. Okay, I really right. feel like you guys okay. are getting there. The, but the twin towers were two big towers in t- New York City. Yeah. 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 I was yeah, yeah, right. I'm, yes. I'm they, me being a New Yorker. Uh-huh. All right. So. Well. I feel like you guys are so the, good. The tale of the towers? What? The tale of the, the towers. It's definitely something towers. Towers. Towers is in it. It does have the alliteration thing. You guys are getting close because the alliteration is like T-T-T, right? So, the mm, towers. T-T-T. So, it's three? The ter- three words. The terrible the towers. Ooh. Terror no, of the towers. I, I, <laughs> I, I think I like that answer, but it's not correct. Are you guys giving in? Yeah. Giving I'll, in? I'll fold, yeah. but I'm embarrassed. You're so close. It's the two towers. Oh. Two towers. I'm so sorry. If that sorry. was Family Feud, they would have gave us credit. And luckily, oh. this is not Family Feud. So. <laughs> <laughs> I am oh. so sorry. I will give you guys partial credit. Um, I don't need your half points. You man. sure? You sure? Because Microsoft got one. All right. No, they got a whole point. Oh, from whole you? Point. From me, they got a half point. Yeah. Well, so, you're yeah. you're a harder sell. I'm a, I am. Yeah. You you gotta come. You gotta you gotta come correct on my on my uh, <laughs> my game show. All right. So um, you guys have seen um, Marvel movies, right? Um, you've seen. Oh wait, Stephanie's oh, doing. I'm grimacing. Uh, no, I do not. I could watch... see the outline of a grimace through her hood. So <laughs> yes, all right. So um, if you have seen the last two movies, which would be Avengers or um, Black, Panther Black Panther or Civil War, you might know the answer to this. And she is defiantly shaking her. When I say she, I'm talking about Stephanie. We need beating. Uh, and Beaven would definitely get this one because yeah, he's 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 right up there with uh, comic nerdery geekery as I am. All right, question is, what is the primary metal? And I will say it is fictional. Um, in Captain America's shield. Now I told you this, the fictional part because that would help you eliminate maybe one or two of these metals I'm going to give you. Oh, it's multiple choice. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> and one is not even a metal. All right. A, adamantium. B, steel. C, vibranium. D, plutonium. You know what I'm going to say. Vibranium. Vibranium is Cynthia's choice. I, I think I'm going to go with A. What was that called? Adam- adamantium. Yeah. I'm gonna, adamantium. I'm going to go with that one. Maybe. Gotcha. All right. So, um, the thing is, you guys did both choose metals that are in the comic book series and that are in some of these movies so Yay, good choice on that chemistry one. Okay. yes because steel is real and plutonium is not a metal so i'm not sure why that's even an option hey little bits and big bites i needed to make sure i broke in real quick to let you know that i, def- I definitely misspoke plutonium is a metal it's an actinide Yes, it is radioactive, but that doesn't mean it's not a metal. It is a metal. So please do not regurgitate that incorrect fact. Plutonium is a metal. <laughs> um, so uh, adamantium is actually the metal used to make Wolverine's skeleton in his claws. It's unbreakable. 
Okay. Um, vibranium okay. is the metal that helped build the nation of Wakanda where Black Panther lives. And that is the metal used to make Captain America's shield. All right. So well Cynthia. done. Well done, Cynthia. Yay. Yes. All right. Third question. What are the four states of matter? And this is in the field of science and technology. Sorry, I always do that, you know, blind it with science, you know, that kind of thing. So she's always like do the emphatic thing. So the four states of matter. One of the answers is not family. Family matter. Huh? <laughs> 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 All right. I see, I see a lot of furious scribbling. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to keep scribbling and make it look like I'm, I'm really thinking about this. I wrote I'm... something down, but I know it's incorrect. Mm -hmm. it's, it's... I, th I think you've got this, Cynthia. I believe in you. Right. I, I'm going to say it, but uh, I don't know if I have it. Now, my answer is to be whiskey, scotch. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. This, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, I, I thought it said the, the four things that do matter. I'm sorry. Whiskey. Whiskey, scotch, bourbon. Star Wars. No, 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 no. Well, actually, I do like Star Wars a lot. I will, I'll admit that. I will walk out of this recording room, sir. What, you're a Star Wars fan? <laughs> I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Wow, we about to get into the debate. Anyway. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right, Cynthia. Cynthia's got it. All right, so the four states of matter. What do you guys got? I wrote. And, it, of course, you guys are on the same team, so feel free to uh, you know bounce off each other. And this is just because I always see it on where I work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Atoms, fusion, fission. I don't know. So you said atoms, good. atoms mm -hmm. fusion, and fission. fission. Okay. And then the fourth one, you're not really quite sure about the I'm fourth one. I'm not really one. quite sure. Got it. All right. What about you, Steph? What do you got? Uh, I have I have nothing, sir. You have nothing? Uh, uh, well, here, here's... I'm curious honest, what you scribbled. This is what had happened. <laughs> Listen, I was I was up late last was? night. Yes. I do bartend. Had to close the bar down. Oh, And man. what I immediately thought was the stages of water. So I wrote <laughs> down liquid, gas, solid... Didn't get very far with that one. Uh, I'm well, you got I'm tapping to three. out, sir. Take You're me out, coach. Whoa, wow. okay. So, the three states of matter. Solid. Liquid. Uh, gas. <laughs> you were really close with that water yes. thing. You were right on the money. Always stick with your gut. And the fourth one, plasma. That's the fourth oh, state of matter. Man. Yeah, I, I thought I was losing. You my were mind. right there. I mean, you were. You were saying that, and I'm just sitting there like, how would you just stuck with that? Because you were right there. <laughs> I think I need some more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and my coffee has extra stuff in it. You should have one of my coffees. Here you go. Hey. Yeah, that's the good stuff. Hey. All right. I'm sure. Hey. With my uppers with my downers. Hey, they, well, that's the reason why. Well, because I have an allergy to caffeine. So that's the only way I can drink coffee. Oh, sorry, Mom. <laughs> She's listening. All right. Last question. Which of these beverages has the most caffeine per ounce? I love the fact that we were talking about coffee and then right into this question. I was like, this couldn't be any better. All right. So which of these beverages has the most caffeine per ounce? A, espresso. B, monster energy drink. C, Red Bull. D, chocolate milk. Hmm. I am going to go with espresso. All right. So Stephanie says. And I'm going with espresso too. Oh, so we got a, a consensus between the two ladies here. And you are correct. Um, it is right. espresso. Is strong. Yes, it has fifty-one point three milligrams per ounce. The others have, just for comparison purposes, ten 
9.5 and 0.6. So not even close. close. I mean, one-fifth. The, the closest one, one-fifth of what is in an espresso. So uh. well done, ladies. All right. You guys nailed I it I got again. a speeding ticket on espresso. That's why. <laughs> really? <laughs> The espresso made Coming me back do to it. Virginia. Well, you drank enough of it to put you into a different time continuum. <laughs> you know, <laughs> have you ever seen that movie? Uh, was it the the Great Outdoors? No, the, the something backyard. I think it was, what it was called. And there's like the squirrel, and he drinks like an espresso, and then it's like he's moving so fast that he's like he can like dodge like bullets and stuff. So <laughs> I yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Not that he was like dodging bullets, because why would a squirrel be dodging bullets? But you know. It is what it is. All right. Well, uh, we're going to just go ahead and scoot right into our segment called uh, Say What. Um, and this week's uh, topic is all about tech in your car. Um, and as hot as the topic of driverless cars is, uh, we probably don't realize how much car technology we use every day. It's already in our cars. Uh, from automatic cruise control um, to fuel management to collision avoidance, our cars have gotten so good at removing the human errors out of the driving experience and making us uh, actually the whole experience more efficient and safe for all of us. So this week, we're going to go ahead and just jump into our topic, um, which I am titling Highway Star, because I love that song from Rock Band. mechanics don't realize that mechanics pretty much need to have a little knowledge on computers uh, because for instance there is a electronic control unit which is the most powerful computer on most cars and the average cars have about at least 50 different microprocessors and the more advanced the car is the newer I'm sorry did you say 50 yes I thought you, for a second you said 15, and I was like, no, wait, no, no, you 50. said 50. Okay, I, got it. 50. Are those what make your lights turn on when something's wrong? Like, you need windshield well, Yeah, that's a, yeah. Okay. that's a sensor. That's a sensor. All of those are actually in the same boat. Okay. So, but the major uh, component that covers all that is the electronic control unit. Okay. Which is pretty much built into the dashboard of the computer. Now, with that being said, you have the... Um, Engine control unit, which is part of the ECU, and that's the engine. Um, it's a type of electronic control unit that controls a series of actuators or an internal combustion engine to ensure the optimal engine performance. In other words, they believe it or not, there are rules and regulations we have to follow as far as pollution, um, noise, all of that stuff is included in there. So that would uh, cover the engine control unit. Can I interject here real quick? Sure. And I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to go ahead and just admit that back before Fast and the Furious came out, I had one of those cars. I had the little Honda Civic. <laughs> 92. Honda Civic. Amazing car. It was a 94. Sorry. And I did all the stuff to it. And one of the first things we would do is I would uh, 
um, go in and they call it they called it flash the ECU. So I would reprogram my um, uh, ECU where it would actually take in more fuel. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, take in more oxygen to fuel ratio, mm-hmm. which actually gave a little bit more horsepower to the car. Okay. So it actually add a little bit more power to the car mm-hmm. because okay. they make cars ECUs so that way, like you said, it doesn't have as many emissions. But if you want your car to go fast, you're like, well, I don't care about the emissions. I just want it to go fast. I don't care if it burns through a whole <laughs> bunch of fuel. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was my little personal experience, though, you know, messing around with my ECU, though. So, yeah. So, you're a car geek, too? Yes. Okay. Got it. Geek about all things. Sorry. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> nerd. Yeah. I am nerd through and through. Proud of it. I mean, it's done well for me. In such an endearing way. It's done well for me. <laughs> <laughs> now, how the engine control unit works is it reads the values from a multitude of sensors within the engine bay and it adjusts the engine accordingly well the engine actuators accordingly okay okay then you have the fuel injection system which actually replaced carburetors and i was like oh yeah we did used to have carburetors. yeah yeah well the fuel injection system replaced that and um, in trying to keep up with emissions and fuel efficiency laws, the fuel system used in modern cars has changed a lot over the years. Um, actually, the 1990 Subaru Justy was the last car that had a carburetor. Okay. What? Yes. I didn't know that. Crazy. Yes, yes, yes. That's yes. great. I like knowing the last car that had a carburetor. <laughs> I had I, I did I had some work some I did some work on some carburetors. So yeah. yeah. Now all cars sold in the United States have to have a fuel injection system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so now there's also the powertrain control module, which is abbreviated PCM. And it's an automotive component, a control unit used on motor vehicles. It's generally a combined control unit consisting of the engine control unit, which we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. and a transmission control unit. And then on some cars, such as Chrysler's, um, there are various computers, the PCM, the transmission control unit, and the body control module for a total of three separate computers as an example mm-hmm. um these automotive computers are generally very reliable and they commonly control more than 100 factors in a car or a truck oh so they don't use windows then is what you're saying no, they don't reliable. Use oh, okay because, you know <laughs> you, you're funny <laughs> <laughs> apparently not ie 11 anymore either. that's right that's right <laughs> Okay, there's a throttle, which is a mechanism by which fluid flows is managed by constriction of obstruction. And the engine power can be increased or decreased by the restriction of the inlet gases. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a ignition system, which generates a spark or heats a electrode to a high temperature to ignite a fuel air mixture in spark ignition, internal combustion engines, oils. Oil fires and gas fire boilers. In other words, the widest application for spark ignition internal combustion engines is in a petrol road vehicle car autos, which is called like 4x4s, SUVs, pickups, vans, and trucks. I thought and I buses. was a geek. Lord have mercy. This stuff is like, wow. <laughs> I am telling you, eyes went cross. I'm like, holy uh, cow. And I'm skipping a lot, okay? Jeez. Um, there's the ignition coil, which is also called a spark coil. That pretty much uh, creates an electric spark in the spark plug, so the ignite, so it ignites the fuel. And so there's a computer actually running that thing too. This yes. is crazy. I didn't know computers ran all that stuff. Yes, it's like when I was doing my research, I'm like, okay, so am I doing mechanical work or am I doing computer work? Right, <laughs> right, right. I got right, confused, right. but it's like 
pretty much now, apparently, in order to be a mechanic, you got to know how this stuff works, and you got to know how to reprogram it. If it oh wow, if it fails, now we know why they always giving out cars a diagnosis. You know when they stick up the machine to it so that they could see what's wrong with it because we have so many computers. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm going to get away from the mechanical part, and I'm pretty much going to cover some real cool stuff, which I think it's pretty cool. Uh-huh. And uh, the safety systems, which is the anti-lock and breaking, uh, something like what you spoke about earlier. Um, there is, um, like if you step on your brakes, you know, sometimes you could skid out of control. Right. And this is where it actually, like, it does like this automation like a thousand times a second or whatever and it just like keeps like uh hitting the brakes and releasing the brakes like really really fast right, for you right because you, can you can't do it yourself it. You right you can actually feel it and it's a lot smoother than you doing it right you know thanks your brakes from locking up on exactly. the road and everything yeah, yeah yeah exactly then you have the um the um traction skid control okay that's run by a computer mm-hmm. And it triggers unit reactions for the loss of the grip when you're on the road. You know how when you lose and oh yeah, you start like the, sliding off the side of the road. Yeah, I think mine's broke one time. But yeah, yeah. so so uh, infamously the uh, Honda Civic that I was talking about, my hell, Fast and Furious Honda Civic, <laughs> which everyone wanted after the Fast and Furious movies came out. By the way, everyone wanted my car because it was like all done already. That car, I actually put new tires on it and didn't realize they're they're called slicks, mm-hmm. and so they are not. Um, they're made for like being like on a dry road like this. Well, mm-hmm. there was like a little bit of a drizzle one day. And the thing that happens when it, when you get drizzle on the road is it brings the oils up out of the road. And so I was with these slick tires and I'm coming off of the exit, coming towards here actually, this area. And my car hydroplane right Ooh. off the side. Now, my car, because it was a 92 Honda Civic, 94 Honda Civic, did not have traction control system in it. So now, if I had a car that had that in that, it would have accounted for that. But since it did not, I actually slid off the side of the exit. And I took out a tree. Wow. And to this day, I can pull it up on Google and show you exactly where I hit because that tree is still missing in a Google map. Oh, my goodness. I'll show you guys afterwards. So so you mean like no anti-lock braking system? Well, no, no. This wasn't anti-lock brakes. This is traction control. So the way traction control works is like, and uh, I'm, again, I'm not gonna try and get too technical. It kind of shifts the um, where the power of the wheels goes to because okay. it's like, hey, I'm turning into this turn. My right tire is gonna have less adhesion to the road than my left tire, and it will actually shift mm-hmm. the, the 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 power to that wheel. This is crazy. Like my car right now, I my SUV is all wheel drive. It does it for all four wheels. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going around a fast corner or something, it says, hey, you're going to have more adhesion to the road on your front right tire. So that's where most of the power goes. And then it's like the next tire that gets power is going to be the back right tire. And then it's like, and then the next tire that's going to get power is going to be front left mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And it just does that systematically. And it does that thousands of times yes. a second and it changes oh how much power goes to each one my solara Crazy. does it and, and well you know i told you i have a heavy foot and sometimes I go around <laughs> corners real yeah quickly and you're scared because you know what to expect but you can actually feel the car taking over taking over you can feel and, it and that's over. what it does is it prevents mm-hmm. what happened to me in my civic where i slid off the side of an exit because if my car had had that it would know hey you're losing power on this wheel 
because, you know, it's losing adhesion to the road because of the slick. Mm -hmm. And it would say, hey, we're going to shift power to this wheel that's definitely making contact, solid contact. But because that wasn't built in my car, I just slid, I slid right off the side of the exit. A lot of people don't even realize when you get maintenance, oil change, all of that is ran off of micro processors, micro processors where there are sensors all in your car that recognizes, okay, you need an oil change it. Cause we don't know it. Right. Right. Even though we have black smoke coming out the back, we don't (laughs) care. But it comes to a point, look. How many times have you seen that? You're like, dude, how much longer you're going to run around with this trail of tears coming out the back of your car? (laughs) All right. Yeah. Yeah. Then you have the GPS. You have the backup camera. Beep, 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 beep. Sure, sure, sure. Story. I have a backup camera. Mm -hmm. Why I hit the wall anyway? Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait a minute. You just well, weren't looking? You just... Well, I was looking, but I figured, oh, I got more room. It's yellow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It wasn't red. It wasn't in the red spot. Nice. hit the wall. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, yes. Then you have the airbags, all of that. Sure, sure. As yeah. fast as you're going, it has to be a computer to make those airbags Good pop point. out in time yeah. to keep you from breaking your neck. Yeah. Right. Your Good face point. might be all scarred up, but at least your neck isn't broke. Right, right, you know? right. right, right. Nothing little foundation and some cocoa butter can't take. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. Cocoa butter. The cruise hey. control. Hey. They, we've had computers in our car way back when, and we didn't even know it. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. How far back are we what? talking? Are we talking like 70s and stuff? I mean, oh, right, like the 70s. Well, they... They stopped using them in the 90s, but way back in the 70s, and I believe that part, I need to find it. Okay, okay, okay. And um, when I find it, we can put it into the notes. Sure, 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 But sure. yeah, it was, yeah. and I was like, wow, we had computers back then? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But That's we didn't crazy. know. I don't think the mechanics even realized they were, me- were computers. Were computers back then. To be then. honest, you right, 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 right. Yeah. But it makes so much sense, though, because, I mean, it has to do so many calculations. Mm-hmm. I mean, at a a rate quicker than a mechanical thing can operate. It has to be computerized. Right. Right. So. But that's a weird thing. I would, I like, we all know I have an aversion to technology, but I would never look at my car and think like, this is a computer. Mm-hmm. I look at it and I think of it as a machine. I do too. You know, I but do I'm, too. I'm wrong. When she said 50, that's the reason why I had to ask, ask her to do the, you know, I did, I did the double take. I was like 50? Yeah, 50. Actually, I seen. 50? More than that, but I yeah. didn't have time to go deeper into that. Right, right, right. And those are the more modern European cars. Sure. Right. And right. of course, I mean, I knew that the computer had to be involved when it comes to like the um, the automatic cruise control, where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you can put it on like 55 Ugh. or something. Thank God for those. And then it's like, it'll actually slow your car up as mm-hmm. you're, I know I'm probably, you know, biting into your segment you're probably going to talk about a little bit, but um, uh, Stephanie, um, but it'll like slow your car down a little bit. Yes. If yes. like someone in front of you goes slow because they're panicking or something like that, and it's right. like, okay, well, fine, we'll slow down a little bit and, you know, pick back up, you know, later on or mm-hmm. whatever. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Pretty cool. Very interesting. Okay. All right. So I'm going to talk about autonomous vehicles right because that's such a a hot subject right now it is everyone's racing these products to the market people are making crazy claims like we're going to be the first ones all almost everyone in the auto industry right now is investing tons of money in this but but the question is where are we actually with this Mm -hmm. right like how how much of a reality is this right and so kind of what i had to do because once again technology is not my strongest suit 
But I, I had to do a lot of learning. And so essentially what they have been doing over the past 10 years is they've been putting a ton of money into this idea of deep learning, which is essentially machine-structured algorithms to read scenarios. Mm -hmm. So they essentially are trying to get these vehicles do what is called generalization. So <clears throat> they're trying to create algorithms so that these vehicles can essentially know what they're seeing. Right. But it's not really working, unfortunately. Right. It's a super flawed technology at this point in time. And no one's really willing to admit it, but it isn't working very well. And so kind of like a, a flaw that they're finding with this generalization is that it can't always recognize the same thing in a different background. So one study from Cornell found that essentially conventional deep learning has a hard time generalizing across different frames of a video. So it might see a polar bear in one scenario, but think that same polar bear is a weasel in a different background. Jeez. So it's it's not... Slight difference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it, it's kind of crazy because there is a company that's based from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. It's called Newtonomy. And they want to deploy thousands of driverless taxis all over Singapore by this year. So oh. that's like that's hey. their goal right now. Right, right. And and right now they do have a couple of them that are working in a one block radius. Mm. And so far it's working okay, right? Right. But then you get into this problem of what are these vehicles actually capable of of processing? Right. And what we're learning is how like how unpredictable is driving? And we've had a lot of insta right. instances over the past couple of years. So there was a fatal crash in 2016 where a Model S, which is a Tesla, I'm a big Tesla fan, um, but it drove full. Aversion to technology with a Tesla fan. I see the dichotomy there. Yeah, yeah, oh, the struggle's got to be real with you. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to believe. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but a Model S, it was driving and it, it drove full speed into the back of a tractor trailer because it couldn't understand the height of that vehicle and there was reflection from sunlight. There was just a lot and the generalization didn't work. Like this deep learning right. didn't learn what that was. Right. It had right, no right. idea. And then there was another one in March of 2018 and this was a huge story <laughs> where an Uber, I think it was a, a Volvo, maybe an XC90. I don't remember which something. one, but I just know it was an Uber car. Yeah, so, and, yeah. Well, and that one, it, a woman was in a crosswalk walking her bicycle and that vehicle, and and they have data on it. So it, it recognized her first as an unknown object, then as a vehicle, and then as a bicycle. But it didn't stop. Mm -hmm. It kept going. And after that, Uber was like, we're out. Right, <laughs> right, right. We're, right. we're done with now, this. Now, all of those things, if you recognized it, yes. you should just hit so the brakes. Stopped, right? It's not like one of those things It's like, well, you can plow over a bicycle. So <laughs> Right, right. Oh, unknown object, but in my path. Right. Might, might as well keep going. Yeah. Unknown right. object. Well, it, it might be a ramp. I'm going to do a cool wheelie <laughs> off of this. I don't know what the car was thinking. Yes. <laughs> but, but I think like another statistic that I found is that nearly 40,000 people die on U.S. roads every year, and 90% of those are human error. Where where do you draw like the line of safety, right? Like as a human, I think I would know a polar bear in the middle of the road versus the middle of Antarctica, but these cars aren't recognizing those same things. And that's a great point because I always tell people when they say, well, the computer's broke. It's not working. It only does what you tell it to do. Same thing with these cars. It may be computerized, but somebody had to develop the program. Right, right, right. 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 
Well, I'm 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 on no both offense. sides of this. No offense. I'm on both sides of this thing. Um, because the thing is, at the end of the day, I continue to think about that number. Though one of the biggest killers of people is, um, you know, I'm not talking about like you know diseases like heart disease and stuff like that. But I mean, vehicle deaths are crazy. It's a big right. number to me, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, for every. You have one death that happened last year, for example. And yes, they did pull like all of their cars off the market. So you don't really know exactly what impact it would have had. However, if you had everyone doing, you know, working w- with driverless cars, would that number have been reduced from 40,000 down to 100? Right. But I think also like kind of an important and kind of touching on what you're saying, but kind of an important thing to think about is there was another crash last year also in California where once again a Tesla on on this self-driving mechanism sped up into a barrier. No right. one knows why it did that. Right, and it was like an anomaly and it was like, wow. And then they immediately put out this fix that was supposed to take care of it and they pushed right. it out to all the cars. Mm-hmm. But by then someone had already passed away. Right, right. Um, but yeah. then you have to think about like the ratio, right? Like how many of these vehicles are actually on market right now? Who owns them? They're they're not cheap. This is not cheap technology. It's right. still being developed. And also media plays a big role in this because for every time that a Tesla successfully stopped and did not hit a pedestrian, right. Right. Mm-hmm. that's not going to make news. You right. know, so what happens is we're getting like all fervently worked up about the stories about someone passing away which of course is still an unfortunate story right but i'm like i i just continue to wonder you know is are there a lot of advantages here that we're just like eschewing because we're so nervous about the possibility right. of you know of someone being killed right you know it would be cool you know when you take a driving lesson the instructor is on the seat and he has a set of brakes mm-hmm. yeah if you can have your own set of brakes while right. in a tesla well, well, they do right now. Yeah. They do right now. So drivers, like when you're on this autopilot mode, you're supposed to be watching what oh, you're doing so you can stop. We're not goes. at the point where we do have autonomous vehicles. And, well, except in Singapore right now, which is crazy. And they're really, like you said, they're supposed to be, the, the driver's supposed to be alert. This is not, oh, put it on self-driving mode take and a take nap. a nap, mm-hmm. yeah. read a book. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be, you can take yes. your foot off the pedal temporarily, right. not, oh, well, I can just, you know read the great American novel. Right. Well, yeah, right. One study by the Rand Corporation estimated that self-driving cars would have to drive 275 million miles without fatality to prove that they are as safe as human drivers. And the first death linked to Tesla's autopilot came roughly 130 million miles into mm. it. And that's well below that mark. Yeah. So we're really just, we're, we're not there yet. Right. right. And essentially many companies right now are trying to shift back to rule-based AI, which is probably something you both could speak about a little bit, a little bit I more intelligently bit, right? than I could. But, but essentially that lets engineers hard code specific behaviors, mm-hmm. but, but it, it falls short as well because it can't learn. Right, because right. all we can, when you do rule-based AI, and again, I'm not going to get too technical into this right now. However, you have to know all the different permutations that exist out there and mm-hmm. account for those. Mm-hmm. And then the AI works within those frameworks. Right. So it's like, like you said, it can't learn. So if there's some weird set of circumstances, like a mountain goat jumped across the road, I'm not programming for that. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> right, so, right. so then what happens is when something AI sees that, and I'm, I'm really you know, dumbing this down a lot and making it probably not really applicable, but I'm just trying mm-hmm. to give it like an right. arbitrary example. That right. is something that it would see, and it's like I don't know what to do in that situation. And then 
either the car would basically just shut down mm -hmm. and not reboot right. and not you know work anymore, or it's just gonna be like, well, nothing I have to work about. It's just an object. I'm gonna plow right through it. Right. Right. Well, so, that's that's kind of the thing with like Newtonomy, right? This company that's trying to deploy all of these driverless taxis through Singapore. Uh, right now, they're in a one block radius. It's working out okay, right? right? Deep learning is working. Those algorithms are working right now, but right. they want to expand that to a four mile radius by this summer. And Singapore has a population of approximately 5.6 million, million people. people yeah. And so, like, what are the chances that someone jaywalks and that car can't recognize you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. there's a big tech leader who works for Baidu, which is a Chinese based mm -hmm. technology company. Yeah. And he essentially was quoted as saying that bouncing on a pogo stick in the middle of the highway is dangerous and that people need to learn how to live with this. Like we need to learn how to coexist with this technology hmm. that's not coexisting with us very well right now. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> right? That's what an rough. interesting stance. Yeah, I agree. Wow. Well, um, yeah, it, it, I think technology, the technology is not quite there yet. I think we need to continue to move that direction though because I feel like the human error element is always gonna be a problem and i still feel like personally that that's where we have a lot of our issues coming into you know yeah. um you know when it comes it comes to you know car fatalities and stuff absolutely i do but i do agree with you that i think the car um autonomous car technology is not quite there right. um i think we're getting there slowly but surely right and they said that of course it works much better in certain instances like low traffic uh areas um like pedestrian areas like 25 mile power roads and stuff it works right. pretty good at um, on roads where you don't have a lot of like weird, um, uh, like loops and stuff like you do up mm -hmm. in like uh, DC area, for right, example, right. you're okay. If you're like in an area like here, you're just driving like a few miles, go to work and it's not very good at the end to end part. Yeah. So it's not really good at like pulling up in the actual driveway and parking your car for you in a lot of instances. Right, so that, right. that stuff doesn't work so well. Well, I think companies so. across the industry are really, they're kind of racing to try to figure this out and try to solve this problem. Yeah. But like I said, Uber Uber bowed out and was yeah. like, oh yeah. man, that was I enough. Don't blame them. And Apple cut over 200 employees from Project Titan, Titan which was their autonomous car right, right. thing. But also Amazon just invested in Aurora, which is another autonomous car company. Like, so they're... It's it's really competitive, and yeah. it'll be really interesting to see where this goes and how it plays out in Singapore this summer. Mm -hmm. And there's one in um there's one in Texas I can't remember the name of it that ride sharing and it does it it still does autonomous cars, but they they require that a driver be in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. Um, and it I think the costs are much cheaper. It might even pay you, um, for driving for riding in the car. Um, just so that way they continue to work on the technology and get feedback. Right. Um, but I think the problem with the Uber stuff was like when they were just like, oh, yeah, I just put the car out there without a person behind the, the driving. Nice the try, wheel. Uber. Yeah. Nice yeah. try. I have one question. If you go out to the club with your friends tomorrow, have a drink, mm -hmm. and you get stopped, hopefully this car knows all of the rules and regulations for driving. Would you be charged with driving while intoxicated or riding while intoxicated? Ooh, good question. So, but somebody has to control the brake at this point, yeah. right? right? So, so you have to, right. if you're in the driver's seat, you will be charged with driving, driving while, while intoxicated. intoxicated. Oh, Absolutely. Man. Because it's not like, 
um, it's not like you're not supposed to be in control of that vehicle. Right. And it, as of right now, in the state of Virginia, there is no authorization to yeah. operate a uh, autonomous vehicle. So, so yes. definitely get a, a an Uber or a Lyft, folks. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. So and you keep can. those people in, and keep those people in business anyway. You know, those guys <laughs> who were like out there struggling. All my Uber drivers out there, thank you. <laughs> thank you for your service. Lift people. Thank you, for, thank your you for your service. We appreciate you. Love them. Yep, yep, yep. Keep them in business. <laughs> Down with the machines. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Right. My segment I was going to do is all about um, the navigation and mapping apps that are out there, but specifically about the traffic stuff that you get, you know, when you uh, use like a Google app or um Waze app, for example, and it knows like, hey, um, you know, you we need to adjust your uh, your travel, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, like most of you, I use a, a mapping app to travel uh, to travel around, um, whether to find a, a new local place, because I mean, a lot of times some new spots showing up, and I'm like, oh, I want to go check this place out, mm-hmm. um, or navigate to work because I'm like, I want to see which direction I should go because I have two options. Okay. Um, and of course, there's two bridge tunnels here in our area and <laughs> if one is not jacked up the other one probably surely is um and of course when i travel out of town i you know, always use a mapping app for that um so um uh, for me i like to use um Waze or google maps a lot because they're pretty good about um giving me that um audible interruption that says hey something's happened in front of you we're going to redirect you around this uh whatever this obstruction or this uh accident or this construction um that's going on today um and so i've always wondered you know how does that actually work because i mean i love the feeling of bypassing all that drama and mm-hmm. then like coming back onto the interstate and then looking back and like seeing like an accident there and i'm like oh yeah so it was like it was right on the money i love that feeling but sometimes i'm always wondering like how does it know um how did it know where the delay began and ended and um, how did it know that it was bad enough that it needed to divert me? Because what if there was only like a five-minute delay versus like a 35-minute delay? How does Google know that? I've always wondered. Yeah. So I was, I, I just wanted to know, I mean, how that, that, that works, in, uh, how that all uh, comes about. So I was like, well, maybe somebody's calling it in. Right. And I was like, well, maybe like someone's calling in to like, you know, the Google helpline or something. And they're like, hey. Google, there's an accident. It starts at mile 147 and ends at mile 152. And Google's like, got it. We're going to put it in the app. It would be nice, but I doubt it. Yeah, yeah, so that's not the way it works. (laughs) That's not the way it works. Um, However, crazily enough, that is kind of what's happening. Really? Now, I'm, I'm using some... I mean, I'm kind of taking some artistic license when I say that. It's kind of like that. Your phone is doing it for you, though. You're not manually calling in. Your phone is kind of calling it in. So if you have Google Maps or Waze open on your phone, on your iPhone, or if you have an Android phone, your phone is continually sending back anonymous information back to Google as you move. Mm -hmm. This is called crowdsourcing. This is a pretty common um, thing in technology. When you crowdsource, you're basically saying, hey, give me the data from all these different devices all over the place. Send it all back to me. And I will use all that information, anonymous information, mm-hmm. to figure out something about the environment or what's going on around all these people. And so all these folks with these phones are basically seeing all this data up that says, hey, um, right now the traffic moves about 45 miles an hour. Right now it slows down because everyone gets out of the, I don't know, the 
the Navy base or something like that. Um, and so Google has been collecting that information for years from your phones. So did you say crowd, like C-R-O-W-D? Yes, right. Crowdsourcing. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, and so Google has so much of that information that's recorded over the years. They know the patterns very, very well. They know that in this area that we live in, um, between 2.30 and uh, 5.30 or 6 o'clock, that the traffic on this particular street is going to be bad because everyone gets out of work. Mm-hmm. They know that, you know, going into the bridge tunnel, um, that is going to be a backup from 6.30 until 8 o'clock. So then what happens is when they see a backup that's outside of normal times, mm-hmm. they know something must be going on. So when they see all this, you know, this, this stuff that comes up, um, you know, from all these crowdsourced phones and it says, hey, the, the, the speed of traffic has impeded down to 25 miles an hour or 10 miles an hour or maybe zero because it's just at a standstill. Mm-hmm. Google's like, that's not normal. We've been tracking this thing for years. Something's going on. And then they, I don't know if you know about this, but they uh, bought Waze a few oh, years ago. Yeah, they bought Waze. I think it was back in 2013. Don't quote me on that. Um, but they did buy them. Um, and so they also get information from Waze users because mm-hmm. with Waze, what you do is you actually report things. Like you report that I see a car disabled on the side of the road. I see a cop. I see a speed trap. But you also say things like I see an accident. Mm-hmm. So Google will get that information, combine it and say, we see there's a slowdown for about a five mile stretch here. And people on Waze are going in there and saying, there's an accident, there's an accident, there's an accident. And they're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, got it. So we know there's an accident. We can see that the, that the speed of the traffic increases after mile marker 247. Uh-huh. And the traffic slows down around mile marker 230. And it's like, okay, well, if the average speed between 230 and 247 is five miles an hour, it's worth it for you to take this exit, go all the way around and get diverted and come back on. Then it's for you to sit in that and, you know, slug it out through, you know, that slowdown. Yeah, some people rather move regardless how much further they're driving that's than exactly be standing exactly right. Yep. And that's data modeling. That's how data modeling works is basically it says, hey, using the information I have, um, could I put a better situation together, um, projection of how to get you there versus the current path that you're on? Right. Um, so Google's diversion efforts have also included subtle detail to make sure that you trust it more though, too. So not only does Google say, Hey, there's this, um, act, uh, there's, a uh, something up ahead and it diverts you. Now Google just start to try to make sure that you understand that you need to try the, that you can trust it. It says specifically what it's encountered. So it says there's an accident. Mm-hmm. It says there's construction. It says there is an obstruction in the road. So that way you trust it. So that way it's not like Google just telling you to go, you know, 20 miles out of your way for no reason. Because then I would be like, well, why? I right. Mean, you want an explanation. Yeah. So Google's like, well, we understand that you, we want you to trust us. Um, and so they actually say, this is the reason why. And in fact, sometimes when I go to work, Google tells me, it's like, hey, there's heavy traffic. There's nothing I can do about it. You're still on the fastest route. Because right. Google has already done the calculation for my method of travel and said, 
you still come out in a better situation if you just go ahead and continue on your current path. But you know, some of us are hard headed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And you're and like, I'm, you, I'm smarter than Google. I'm like, I'm not going that way. Right. And then I'd be like, wow, I should have listened. Yep. Yep. It happens. And I've yes. I've been burned so many times. <laughs> I feel like every so often I want to beat the machine. I'm like, I can beat the machine. Nope. The machine beats me every time. Yep. And I'm like, I should have just listened to Google. So um, now if you notice, I keep saying Google. Apple and other software makers do have their own GPS technologies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, traffic techno- uh, traffic tracking technologies. However, they don't have the years of data that Google does. Okay. So they're working from behind the eight ball trying to figure out, well, how do we catch up? Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, Google just is far and away better at it because they have more data. So that's the reason why you'll see it um, in Google Maps, but you won't see it in like Apple Maps. So you won't see it in like a MapQuest or um uh, you don't even see it in Waze. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just because Google's trying to keep you in the Google Maps app. Uh, more so than in Waze. Uh, sometimes Waze is good about diverting, but it's not as good as Google Maps is. I know it's definitely good about letting you know that there's something going on and you should take another route. That's right. That's right. Um, and, and, and again, they're like the um, basically the, the prototype for how it should be done. Okay. Um, so for all the things that we're not getting right in terms of automation and stuff, Google at least has gotten that part figured out because it seems to be pretty good. The only thing I don't like is sometimes it takes a little while for it to figure out yes. that something's happened. Like there's been times where I've con- uh, you know, come up to the Hamthorne's Bridge Tunnel. It's been closed for like 15 minutes and Google isn't giving me redirection yet. And I'm like, if you had told me 15 minutes ago... I could have went the other direction. And sometimes while it's giving you redirection, it takes so long, you would have passed the point that you needed to make that U-turn. At. Right, right, yeah. right. So, yeah. So, I I'm, 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 I really wish it was on top of that a little better than mm-hmm. what it is now. Right. But, I mean, it's still, there's been a lot of times it has saved me, like, you know, 20, 30 minutes. In fact, it happened. I went to Asheville just recently, and I was driving down there. And there was a uh, uh, an accident or something that happened down there, and it redirected me to the you know to they call them surface streets, basically the residential areas and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, when I went around and it came around, it put me right on where I could look back and see where the accident was. Yeah, and it was a bad accident. It was like all the fire trucks, all the amb- I don't know what happened. I hope that person was okay. Um, but it you know got me routed around all that, and I was like, wow, Google nailed it that time because it put me right on right past the accident so let me tell you what it did to me i used to work for uber Mm -hmm. i was in williamsburg Mm -hmm. on route 60. captain george's was on my right hand side i was in the middle Mm -hmm. google maps told me by the way captain george's is a seafood restaurant it's a seafood yes that's not that's not that's not a person's house (laughs) 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 and it's wonderful so if you ever get the chance if you're in williamsburg make sure you stop by there there you go anyway Google Maps had me make a left, and I don't know what street was on the left-hand side, but I know you had to go over the the train tracks. Oh, like overpass. Right, and Uh then you had to make a left. I must have went down about two miles before it allowed me to make another turn, and it brought me back on Route 60. And and you know what it did? It told me to make a right where I was at in the first place, but just in the right. Really? Yes. Oh, so it was just a navigation issue. I was so issue. frustrated. Right, I was like, right, I don't right. believe this. I just spent 15 minutes going out the way going out the way to mm-hmm. come back to be in the right lane instead of the middle lane. Oh, wow. 
that's crazy. Yeah, it was. So I mean, and, and of course, like all technology, it, it ain't it ain't gonna be perfect. No, it's you not. Know, but but um, it needs to do a little better than that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely needs some improvements there. So yes. yeah, I agree with that. So yeah, but that's how um Google does that um whole traffic uh traffic uh prediction. <laughs> yes, and everything. pretty much. Um again, I love it. I think it um has a lot of advantages. I use it every day to go to work. Mm-hmm. Um there's a million times it has saved me because I used to be the one of those people that would listen to the radio and I wait for the radio announcer to to tell me the update and say, Hey, um, yeah, there's a backup at blah blah blah. But typically the stuff that they would tell me was fifteen minutes behind. Right. In 15 minutes, traffic changes a lot. Oh, definitely. Especially during a morning or evening commute. So I really like that instantaneous feedback that I get. team so um unfortunately stephanie had to scoot out um she had to uh go get her hood re-sewn um yeah so it, you know the gold flake was coming off of it and everything i'm lying I, i'm gonna keep going with this whole hood thing though i like this dynamic you know if, if you if you see a woman walking around with a hood on it's probably her um anyway but uh big bites and uh i'm sorry little bits and big bites um that's this week's show uh thanks for joining in and we hope you learned a lot about how you know technology shapes how we drive um, about all the technology in your car, about the technology that drives cars uh, autonomously in some instances, and the uh, technology that Google uses, for example, to uh, track, uh, and track traffic and help us avoid um, the backups that we are all usually sitting in that annoy the heck out of us. <laughs> um, if you'd like to reach out to us, uh, you can do so at Twitter at BeBitWise, Facebook at www.facebook.com slash BeBitWise, or email us at podcast at bebitwise.com. Um, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast delivery app. And if you can, take two seconds to give us those five-star reviews that Cynthia says that we deserve. Right, Cynthia? Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> For more information about uh, what we discussed in this episode, you can go to our website at www.bebitwise.com and um, look for this episode. And you'll, you'll see a link there to uh, 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 take you to the show notes. And that's where we're going to have like any additional information that we felt like was pertinent to this information that we can add um, just to get you guys all edumacated. Um, so like I say um, uh, every time, make sure you all tune in next week. Remember to learn something new each day and let's, let's all be, be bitwise. bitwise. Bye, everybody. Bye.
and just tap that part, any part this? of it. Uh-huh. Good. Because, I mean, it should not do that where you hit it and it starts buzzing. Um, I wish I could figure out what is creating that short. I guess it's just going to always be the bane of my existence. All right. If it's a microphone that's giving you problems, how bad is it, man? Um... <laughs> Well, because I am... A perfectionist? About everything. <laughs> Crap. Am I okay at this? It started buzzing again. I'm sorry. No, it's not your fault. I'm so sorry. I'm giving you a complex. I, I feel <laughs> so guilty. I'm giving you a complex <laughs> with this buzzing thing. I'm so sorry. You're going to come in here and cry every single I know. <laughs> You're like, you come in and just clean, this Kleenex again. tissues and stuff. I got you. Next time, though, I'll have a half a shot. Ah. <laughs> I think the problem is I made it too sweet. You wanted to drink it all at once. Yeah. I was like, oh. You're like, I like this. <laughs> it was. Yeah.